This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. This is the season for nativity scenes, and one of my very favorites is from the 16th century. It was only recently uh, attributed to the right painter. His name is Jean de Beer, a Flemish artist and glassblower who lived in Antwerp. And in 1520, he he came up with this altarpiece. And um, we we now know it today by, by nativity. And I want you to look at it with me and uh, kind of read to read a painting you got to you got to read images like you read words in poetry so you got to really slow down and and um, and kind of inhabit the context here so if you're looking at the painting with me the first thing and I hope you've got it on your screen because you really need your screen to to follow me here you you always look for the light sources first and you see we have a couple of light sources. We have a little, we have Joseph coming in uh, to the scene holding a lantern. And he's the one that's kind of walking in kind of silently, furtively holding a lantern. But that lantern doesn't give off much light. Um, th- then you have in the background, way in the back, outside the, the drama of what's going in on in the, in the manger area, you have everyday life, and way in the back, you have some revelers that are just in in a, an abandoned, it's like rubble building, and they got a big bonfire going. In fact, the bonfire is so big that you can see up above, just under the arch, there's the, the illumination in the sky, as if the clouds are lit up by that bonfire of just people hanging out, talking, having a good time. You, you also see very... Um, faintly underneath that a, a a house and in that house you see a, a lit window and then a, a guy walking um, just kind of very piously uh, and pompously um, carrying a little lantern the, the most the most humorous light you see is the donkey it's dead on in the middle of the painting you have the two front teeth of the donkey, and the donkey's braying and laughing and and celebrating, um, and then you got the two feet, two feet, uh, teeth that are just uh, staring at you um, in, in in their in their illumination. But the big light source, of course, is the Christ Child, this naked baby Jesus, that is giving off so much light that it's almost blazing his mother Mary's face with heat. All the angels that are around it and even the angel hovering overhead are all uh, illuminated by this light. And it is, of course, the light of the world. And the painter shows that with this bath of light that's coming right from this, this manger and this Christ child. Now, you notice everybody in the uh, hovering around the crib, uh, around the manger is a ginger. And this is this is huge um, because there's a whole long tradition of of Eve being red-haired, Mary being red-haired, 
and um, Jesus himself uh, most often portrayed in the medieval period at least with with the red hair it comes from the the importance of do you see the nose that's sticking out between the two angels of the red heifer and the red heifer is is so important to um, to the the story of Jesus and very few of us even know about it but um, Jesus and Mary are supposed to have had red hair because of the red heifer and all you listening to this with a ginger genome ought to be on the edge of your seats right now um, the sacrifice of the red heifer was required so those defiled by any contact with a dead body uh, which meant everyone back then could regain their pure status and be able to participate in the proceedings of the temple so the red heifer was the was as charged for the hebrew people as the paschal lamb was i mean it was that important a a, a sacrifice the problem is the red heifers only come around um rarely uh, in fact, by the time of the Second Temple, there was some people said there had only been nine true red heifers um, sacrificed, um, because the red heifer had to be totally pure in every way. Even two black hairs would disqualify it. it had to be totally um, red in every way and without blemish in every way. And once they sacrificed it, all the ashes were were gathered up, and that's what was. Um, so lionized and liturgized were those ashes and those ashes are what um, what purify it and um and peep those ashes that were strewn is a strewn on on um on an altar or in the water or something would would it was like a the sterility took on steroids with the presence of that that red heifer so for a follower of jesus as the messiah the in Jewish life and ritual, the laws of kashrut, of keeping kosher, replaced the temple rituals and sacrifices, of course. But but this comes down in the in the whole tradition of this this Jesus as uh, the one that truly makes us come clean, and the red heifer redemption, the red heifer sacrifice, and the red heifer as as Jesus as well as the lamb. So you have the the our once and forever red heifer sacrifice um not a temporary fix but a permanent fix just as the paschal lamb was a a fix but it had to be done every year the red heifer had to be done only once so you if you want to read more about the red heifer you can uh, you can go and um, look at numbers 19 2 to 22 but here in this painting and most most we most of us just miss it because we don't know the importance of this the, the red hair and the red heifer uh, just kind of sticking his nose out above the, uh, the opening where the two angels are kneeling. Uh, notice, too, the, the, uh, this is hugely significant, the, the shape of the manger. And the shape of the manger here, let's be really clear, this, this manger is, is shaped like a a slab on which a body would be laid. And so you have here in the nativity story a, a pointing to um, the, the intimations of Christ's passion. You also see it in the three pillars in the back. 
the background pillars. You also see it in the brambles that are in the in the dome. Um, but you really see it on this slab on which this baby is laid that really is an altar. It has sheaves of wheat prefiguring the Eucharist, and the attendant angels are really vested for Mass. They have albs and a dalmatic, and they just look like they're getting ready for, for the Eucharist. Outside the radius of, of, of the divine light here, you've got normal life. You, you've got closest of, among all the people that we've mentioned before are a couple of shepherds. Notice this, the shepherds. One of them uh, is holding a hurdy-gurdy, and um, they're talking to one another. The one with the hurdy-gurdy, notice, is black. And you very seldom see a black shepherd. And 16th century Antwerp is a multi-ethnic city. It's a hub of international trade. And so uh, De Beer, even in this altarpiece, portrays the diversity of the, the coming of Jesus to a world that is um is multi uh, is multi-ethnic so i i love this uh this nativity uh there's so much more here as well that we could we could talk about um the um the painting is just the chiaroscuro the the, the 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 interplay of light and dark is just is just incredible um the um the blue of course, the color of heaven, and this is what is Mary bathed in, is this blue gown. Um, but I, I, I mentioned this because I wanted, in my home, a nativity that would also display not just the multi-ethnic basis of, of the story, but also give a more adequate portrayal, accurate portrayal even, of, of the, the first story. Uh, where the the every nativity you see, Mary, Joseph, Jesus are white. There's one color we know Jesus was not, and that is white. So a, I wanted a dark-skinned Jesus, and I also wanted a nativity scene where it's not just Mary holding him, or or Joseph in the background as he is here. Notice he's just kind of coming into the picture. Um, because men would never be present at the birth. So he's coming in probably just immediately after the birth, and the angels have midwifed his, his coming. But I wanted Joseph an active participant in the, the story. And so I had to commission a, an artist to give me a... She's a ceramic artist in Ohio, and, and she did this, this scene, this nativity scene, where... I wanted the manger more as an altar as it is here in Jean de Beer's uh, portrayal. I wanted Mary holding, uh, Mary being more holding Joseph and Joseph holding Jesus. I wanted them dark skinned and I wanted birds. Uh, I'm a falconer and I love birds and birds had to be a part of this. They would have been in that space. We very seldom see the birds. So, um, So you will see at the very bottom of this napkin scribble, the nativity scene that I commissioned. Um, and so you have the 16th century Jean de Beer nativity and the 20th century nativity that uh, is a portrayal in our times for our culture. 
that is actually more accurate to the first time and the first appearance of Jesus. And I give this as my Christmas gift to you. Uh, this napkin scribble is a way of saying to all of you, uh, Happy Advent, Merry Christmas, and I look forward to a whole series of fascinating and, and fun napkin scribbles in, in 2020. Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend today. Today's Napkin Scribbles was sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Professor and Arthur Leonard Sweet, until next time, happy scratching and scribbling.